all put your hands together and bless God. Come on. Get your Bibles in your hands. Open it up to Mark chapter 6. Get your Bible in your hand. When you have Mark 6, stand with us at beginning at verse 45. All right, y'all. I like that. Beginning at verse 45, we're going to read down through verse 48, 45 to 48. <clears throat> Let's read in New King James Version. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he sent the multitude away, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. The word of God for the people of God. Somebody say thanks be to God. You may be seated. We've been dealing with this topic. This is the 16th time I've talked about it, which means close to half a year getting up there and at this point. I've been dealing with this issue of handling life's challenges. This is handling life's challenges. What is interesting to me and what gathers my focus tonight is the fact that I believe that in this particular passage here, and this is going to sound odd to you Bible scholars sitting here, so let me bother you right now. Sister Latisse, I want to bother you right now. Brother Charles, I want to bother you. I'm going to mess with you right now. I'm going to mess with you. I'm messing with Elder Wade. I'm going to mess with you because I'm going to tell you now, Jesus is in the midst of dealing with disappointment. He's disappointed. And he's disappointed because he's just finished feeding the 5,000. And the result of the feeding was not what he hoped. When he finished feeding the 5,000, when he looked around, the response to his feeding them did not set them on the proper course he wanted them to be on in order to enter into the next level of ministry and life. And at this point, he has to deal with disappointment. Mark opens it up to us and he pushes us down there at verse 52. Mark, Mark says, Mark says uh, there was a problem with them. Verse 52 says, real clear, for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened. They didn't understand what had just taken place. See, it's so easy when you're looking for biblical inspiration to just grab the inspiration and miss all the other stuff around it. That's why, you know, some, some people don't realize somebody can actually win a Super Bowl or an NBA championship or a baseball World Series and still be upset when it's over. So they can be celebrating on one end and disappointed on the other. 
I'm happy we won, but I'm disappointed with the way I played. And it's this thing here that Jesus is looking at them and he realizes, you all didn't get it. In, in one text, John wants to remind us that they, they realized that something special happened. John 6, 14 says, but after they, they looked at him and said, truly this is a prophet who comes into the world. And the Bible says they were ready to make him, they were ready to make him king right then. And Jesus is like, you missed it. I'm not looking to force a revolution. I don't care what Franklin says. Do you want a revolution? Whoop, whoop. He was, he was, he's a good man. I love Kurt. Jesus wasn't ready for that kind of revolution. He was not getting ready to get into a political battle. It was not about the earthly realm or the earthly kingdom with him. The only way they could project themselves into daily life was to see themselves the way the others saw them. They only looked at themselves the way the Greeks did. So the Greeks had kings, they needed kings. The Greeks had leadership and politics and army and military force. They needed those same things. They, the only way you had power is you had people under you. You sent people and told them to come and go and you were able to sit up on a throne. And Jesus says, that's not what it's all about. That's not what it's all about. And there are a whole lot of believers, I know none of them are sitting in here, but there are a whole lot of believers that only come to Jesus for what they can get. And there are too many pastors that are selling the what you can get message. Because if all you come to Jesus for is what you can get, or the opposite message, what you can avoid. So now either I'm coming to Jesus because I want to get prosperity now, or I'm coming to Jesus because I'm scared of hell later. If that's the extremes, then there's a problem. Because being with Jesus is not just about what you can get or what you can avoid. If you have been saved, you're saved. That's why Christians that finally figure that out, that, that don't have a real relationship with Jesus, they go crazy. Because they think they can do anything they want to do. You'll get that on the way home. Jesus has to deal with the disappointment that comes along as he looks at them and recognizes that they're not really ready for a real relationship with God. No, they're ready for a political revolution, but not a spiritual revolution. And what God wants from us is that we would get ready for a spiritual revolution. For God to come in and move in a miraculous way. For his anointing to overflow. For God's spirit to, to overshadow signs and wonders can be seen in our midst. That deliverance can take place. And I'm not just talking about deliverance of healing, but that, that comes with it. But I'm talking about deliverance of the soul. 
people have an entire life change and life changing experiences. Jesus is disappointed. He knows that they're not into soul theology. No, they're into something else. And so he has to get their attention. But he also has to do something for himself. And so there are three things that I want to deal with in our time together tonight that I think are going to help us to understand a little bit about Jesus and look more about ourselves. And, and it teaches us a lesson. The first thing is that the way he deals with disappointment, number one, is he resets himself. He resets himself. And I put behind it privacy. He just needs to get alone. He first sent the people away, and then his inner circle, he put them on a boat. Y'all go too. Lord, who gonna watch your back? God's got my back. Y'all get on the boat and, and go wherever you're going. Just, just leave me alone. I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir when I say this. Have you ever just needed some alone time? I think it's Heather Headley. If I got it wrong, forgive me because she deserves the credit for it. But, but I think it's Heather Headley. She sings a song, I need some me time. Not some him, not some her, but some she time. Every now and then you need some me time. You need to take some, and if you're afraid to be by yourself, then that's the beginning of your problem. There's some people that are such social butterflies, they, they get upset and disappointed if they gotta be alone. There are times when you need to pull back and reset. Reset yourself. Jesus says, you all leave while I get myself back in a place where I'm ready. Notice what it says. Verse 46, the eighth portion says, and when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain. When he sent them away, he isolated further by going to the mountain. If I stand right here, somebody might see me. I'm going up a little higher, and I'm going to be by my Sell. Now, there are times when you really shouldn't be alone. But there are times when you really need a reset and take some time to yourself. You know, I, um, I grew up on that old Calgon commercial. That's, that's old, oldie goldie, you know. It, it was the Calgon bath. And it, yes, that's it, mother. Take me away. And you know, you know, sometimes the bathroom is the only place you can get alone if you got a bunch of children. And since most tubs, when I was growing up, only condemned to one person at a time, it really meant alone. I like, I like that commercial they got out now with the ladies in the bathroom by herself, got the door locked. Mommy, you in there? No, it's daddy. <laughs> She's sitting in the bathroom by the side of the tub, just trying to have one cracker, just one. Can I get one cookie without y'all looking at me? I just need one cookie. Give me a break. There are those times you just need to be alone. It's not that I don't love you. I love you enough 
to leave you so that I can come back. Sometimes you need to alone, and it's really okay. And it is in that moment that you really get a chance to reset, to reset. The second thing, and I'm gonna dig a little deeper in this second one, so give me a moment. <clears throat> he deals with the challenge of disappointment by he restores himself through prayer. He restores himself through prayer. He restores himself. See, getting alone is not good enough. If all you're going to do is get alone to be alone, that don't mean nothing. I don't care how many Calgon baths they, you take, you can stay in the water till you wrinkle up. Just shrivel right on up. When you get out, the issues are still there. You haven't really reset. Now, at some point, You've got to spend some time in prayer. The B portion of verse 46 says, he departed to the mountain, and the last two words were, to pray. Not, not, not just sit around, but to pray. To talk to God. To have some intimacy time with the Father. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Here's what it says. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, I said you need the alone time. Solitary is the word for alone. It's the synonym, alone. Solitary, alone, solitary. I know it's good to have a prayer partner, and I'm all for it. I want you to partner. Bible says one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. Get a good prayer partner, y'all can be chasing some demons. But every now and then, you need to pray by yourself so that when you get with your prayer partner, you're not just a drain in the prayer. You got to bring some to get some. Hey, you come in, your battery completely depleted. My battery is weak. Now all of a sudden, we just flat together. We can't start an engine. Or we couldn't even start a moped. No, you, you, he, he went away to pray in a solitary place. But, but look, look, at, look at Mark chapter 14. Mark 14, and go down to verse uh, 32. <clears throat> Mark 14, go down to verse 32. I love the way this comes together. This is one of those famous passages where he's alone and in company all at the same time. 32, then they came to the place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter and James and John and with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Stop right there, you gotta hold, put a pen in it. Because one of the things I can't stand about people that have this utopian, idealized vision of Jesus, act like Jesus never had a bad day, 
and then nothing ever went wrong. If he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, it meant that some of the things we go through, he went through. And at this moment, the Bible says he was deeply distressed. Now, somebody in here should have just hollered hallelujah. Now, I see you don't even know why you holler hallelujah. You know why you ought to say hallelujah? Because if Jesus could be distressed, then what I'm going through can't be that bad. No, 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 no. See, see, the one thing the enemy wants to trick you into believing is you're the only one going through. <clears throat> and if you were most saved, you wouldn't be distressed. If you were most saved, you wouldn't be crying. If you were most saved, you wouldn't have a bad day. The devil is a lie. Just because you're saved don't mean you ain't going to have a bad day. Just because you're saved don't mean there ain't going to be some things to put tears in your eyes and make you distressed. Being saved does not exempt you from your humanity. Your humanity is real. The body you're living in is real, and that body is aging. It gets sick. It goes through things. It gets cold. It gets hot. Every now and then, people you love get sick and they die. That body is being stressed by life itself, and you need to realize there's nothing wrong with you just because you happen to feel. You don't have to hold on to it. You don't have to dwell in it to the point of depression, but realize that it happens. Life can be painful. You know, let me tell you something. Nothing, nothing more painful for a parent than to watch their children leave, and when they go out the house, the only thing you can do is just plead the blood over them because there's nothing you can do about where they're going. Once they get a certain age, you can't do nothing about what they're going to do when they get there, whether they're going to hold up your values or a value they heard some new rapper do. You have no idea where they're going to fall on the spectrum. They're going to do themselves. And the only thing you can do is sit there and say, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Life has a way of putting stuff on you. He began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Verse 34, then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Stay here and watch. Wait a minute, hold on. Can I, can I, I'm not teaching this text tonight, but this text is teaching us. Would you look at somebody and say, neighbor, there's nothing wrong with talking about what you're going through. Silence is not golden. If Jesus thought it was okay to enter into some talk therapy, you ought to enter some yourself. You holding on to stuff about the bus. You walking around, your mind so full, you about to lose your sticking mind. And you're talking about, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man, I can handle it. I'm a woman, I can handle it. No, shut up. You better realize pressure busts a pipe. And you ain't nothing but a pipe under pressure. The more stuff you try to hold, oh, you could do it when it was one thing. You could even do it when it was two things. Now it's 15 things. You trying to hold 15 things in a pot that was made for one. And you wonder why you feel overloaded, overwhelmed, and can't sleep. Stay here and watch and 
verse 35. I'm, 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 I'm kind of hurry. I'm not kind of hurry. He, he went a little farther and, and he fell on the ground. Look at somebody said, neighbor, ain't nothing wrong with falling on your face, especially when you're praying. I got it. I, woo, I could I could holler right there. Nothing wrong with falling on your face, especially when you're praying. Because every now and then, the stress gets too heavy for you to walk up underneath. And the closer you get to the ground, the easier it is to ease the fall. And when you fall, you don't just fall, you fall safe into his arms. And when he got down there, he was down there a minute, he got down there and he said, Abba, I belong to you. That's what he said. He said, Abba! Oh! Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Abba, Abba, Abba. Oh, Abba. I belong to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ooh, my, 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 my. I belong to you. Mm -hmm. I belong to you. You all just lift your hands and worship right there. Come on, somebody say Abba. Ooh, glory, glory, glory. I belong to you. Just say it one more time. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna move on, but this I'll say it one. Oh, Abba, I belong to you. Hallelujah! I, I got it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Father, I stretch my hands to thee have I got a witness in here no
somebody
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say it, girl. Thank you for this moment in you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, wrap me in your arms. Father, me in your arms father wrap me in your arms and father me father wrap me in your arms Father, wrap me in your arms. Father, wrap me in your arms. And Father, me. Father, wrap me in your arms Father me in your arms Father me in your arms and Father me his presence in here tonight I feel his presence I feel his presence Father wrap me in your arms 
while you're doing it, God, grab these cities that are being shattered. Father, wrap me in your arms. Father, wrap me in your arms. And Father, in just a moment I I know I hope you feel what I feel and if you don't you something wrong with your feeling center so I need to pray for you before you leave because there's an anointing in the house you deserve to be touched by <sighs> thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. 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 There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know that it's the Spirit of the Lord. There's a sweet expression on each face. And I know that it's the Spirit of the Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Heavenly Dove. Sweet Heavenly Stay right here. Stay right here with us. Filling us with your love. And for, and for these blessings, we will live our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place. Okay, I just want to give you one other thing. I want to give you, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm done, I really am, I really am. But there's one other thing in the text, <clears throat> and I didn't, I didn't mean to be there so long, but as you can tell, I'm, I feel his presence. I, I really do. But there's something else in the text that always bothered me. 
and something else in the text, and maybe it, it bothered you too, because verse 48 says something, and I'm talking to somebody right now. Listen to me real close. I'm walking right down your street. Verse 48 says, he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch, about three o'clock in the morning of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. This is the part that bothers me. And would have passed them by. Drop the microphone. Wait a minute. He saw them straining came up to them walking on water and the text says he would have passed them by. This amplified version back there says it, it seemed like he had the intent to pass, pass them by. I don't know about you. But I get excited about the walking on the water and I get a little anxious about the passing me by. And the reason you get a little anxious about the passing you by is if he was just walking by on a clear day, they'd be like, woo, it's Jesus. But he's walking by when they're straining. I'm talking to somebody right now because you're in a strain right now. You're in a strain. You, 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 you're working against the wind. And there's nothing like working against the wind and thinking the Lord is passing you by. You can see him. Pass me not, oh Jim. So say, hear my heart, Why on I'm calling you, Savior, oh, Savior, why don't you hear my humble
pass me by. Okay, sit down real quick. Sit down, sit down. Sit down. Sit, y'all sit down, y'all sit down. Say, I tell y'all sit on down. Yes, say, why don't you, why don't you hear my oh, oh, cry? make this last point because the last thing Jesus does when he's challenged with disappointment is he reveals himself in his presence he reveals himself he may have been disappointed with what was going on but he reveals himself in a manifestation that they had to see. Look, look. Job says this, Job 9 and 8 says, he alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. That, that's what God can do. Job 38, 16 says, have you entered the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in the search of the depths? God alone can walk on the water. Now, now, if you read this, the Greek actually says that he wanted or intended to pass them by. Now, now that's probably what the disciples felt like. They, that, that's probably how they felt about him coming there. But, but what it really might mean is that he wanted to pass in their view. Rather than simply go beyond them, he wanted to pass where they could see him. So they could, y'all missed it. He wasn't passing them by. He was letting them see God in motion. Because if you can see this manifestation of divine anointing that can walk on water, then you realize there's nothing that can happen to you that I can't handle. If I can solidify liquid without turning it into ice, then you know there's nothing that can happen to you that I can't handle. I need you to see me manifest my anointing. I'm not walking by you. I'm showing you who I am. I'm showing you my power. God's not going to walk by you, but he will demonstrate his power before you. He's not passing you by. He's trying to show you something. I am God all by myself. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Somebody give the praise. He's not walking by you. He's showing you something. Because if you can see it, 
you just might believe it. If you can recognize his power, you can get a hold of his anointing. If you can recognize his power, you can get a hold of your deliverance.